<clears throat> well, I'm feeling a lot better from last week. Last week I was pretty cruddy. Uh, hopefully this week will be a lot better. Um, so today we're doing part three of a message series called Adore. Uh, it's basically a call to worship this Christmas season. Uh, we were saying that, that there's so many things that we can worship this Christmas season, but ultimately we should be worshiping Christ. Now, if you weren't with us in the previous weeks, we went over a couple of things. In week one, we talked about lifting up holy hands to Christ, that whenever we come to worship, there's certain postures of worship. In the first week, we talked about how do we lift up holy hands to Christ. Whenever we feel like we don't want to lift up holy hands, whenever we feel like it's not feeling it or it's not good, we, we lift up our hands not because of what Christ has done, but because of who He is. And then last week, we talked about uh, worshiping Christ with our gifts and our offerings, that whenever the wise men came, they brought their treasures. And we talked about when we come to worship Christ, we should come to worship Him with all that we are, not only our financial gifts, but our gifts of our life, the most precious thing to us, our life. We give it all to Jesus. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about um, loving God and, and falling on our knees on Christmas Eve service. So uh, no Christmas service Sunday, Saturday at 6 p.m., Christmas Eve service here. So you can go ahead and feel free. Come on over to Christmas Eve service Saturday night here at church. It's going to be a beautiful time. We're going to talk about falling on our knees in front of Jesus. But today we're going to talk about something that you might not think is a form of worship. Today we're going to talk about something that uh, is a little bit different. Those other ones were postures of worship, lifting up your hands, offering your gifts. Next week, Falling on your knees. Those are postures of worship. Those are ways that... I'm going to move this away. I feel like someone's standing behind me. Uh, those are things that, that people do, ways. But this next thing, it's not um, so much of a posture as it is an action of worship. Today, we're going to talk about giving God our all and pouring out our heart to Him. Maybe. Maybe today might be the day that you connect with God on a totally different level. I'm praying that, that throughout the whole night, I was praying that tonight would be the day that, that so many of us would connect with God on a level that maybe you've never been at before. See, a lot of us carry baggage when we come to church. A lot of us carry a lot of guilt, a lot of weight of, of pain and hurt. And today, the whole point of the sermon is to let it all out. And that's going to be okay. We're going to let it out. We're going to pour our hearts out to God. And I pray that by the end of the service, Whenever we're singing the last worship song, I pray that your heart is broken. I pray that you're able to break the barrier of your comfort zone and lead into the spiritual realm of finding forgiveness and love and peace and comfort in this time of your life. For those of us who, uh, who find yourself very blessed this season, yeah, you're overwhelmed with gratitude. I want you to pour your hearts out to God today. For those of us who... Uh, maybe your life is kind of bland, you're kind of boring, you don't do much of anything. Um, I want you to have greatness and gratitude, uh, just pour out your heart to God today. For those of us who are going through a difficult season in life, um, you know, you're hurting and you look around, everyone else seems to be doing good this season, but you're hurting. You know, holidays are the worst time. When something is bad, it gets even worse in the holidays. And you're hurting right now. I want you, with all your heart, whatever you have left, all your strength, to just Pour it all out to Jesus here today. Uh, you may be dealing with the loss of a loved one. You may be uh, aching in pain. You may be afraid. You may have gotten a bad medical report earlier this week. There's some of us 
who are not here today because there are family members who are in the hospital who are on their last few days of their life. Those people are in great need and in great pain. It's with all of that pain, I pray that you will, will pour out your heart to Christ. Listen, if you're in the middle of a hard time, I'm going to encourage you to take this opportunity here today to separate this next 30 minutes of your life and pour out your heart to God. And I pray that it, during the process of doing it, we will start to praise God in the end. Because right now, some of us might be feeling lonely, but we know that Psalm 3014 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. Pour out your heart to God today. In fact, um, there's a few scriptures I want us to go, go over. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to um, Psalm 62. We're starting in verse 5. Uh, scripture going to be on the screen behind me. Um, but Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8 says this. It says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is my God. Trust in him in all times, O people, Pour out your heart before him. God, a refuge for us. Selah. I love that. The word selah is literally, it's a, it's a relief. It's a, it's, a, it's a word that says, ha, selah, worship. Ha, selah. Today I want you to know that you can adore Jesus Christ this Christmas season by pouring out your heart to him. But how do we do that? How do we pour our hearts out to and the Almighty Savior, Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. Um, if we're, going to, uh, we're going to look at God's Word in a few different places and learn how to worship God by pouring out our hearts. In fact, I want to start you with a couple of different positions, uh, sorry, a couple of different portions of uh, Scripture to kind of help us explain that. Uh, all of these Scriptures that we're going to go over today, they're coming from King David uh, and various points of his life. But uh, all the different points of his life, they're all one thing in common. They're all low parts of his life. These aren't parts of David's life when he is high as a kite and doing great things. He's never high as a kite. But uh, excuse that, when I edit that. When he is, everything is great, when everything is good. No, these are parts of David's life where he is at the lowest of lows. Maybe he's being hunted by Saul. Maybe he's being tormented by the inner struggle of what he has done in his life with the sin and all those things that he has done the stress of leading the kingdom. These are parts of David's life that are low. And so in Psalm 142, David says something like this. He says in Psalm 142, verse 1, it says, With my voice I cry out to the Lord. With my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. Verse 2, I pour out my complaint before Him. I tell my trouble before Him. David right here is saying, this is a complaint. This is not something that I am coming to. I'm not praising you. This is a complaint. I'm having a hard time. Something is wrong. My life is difficult right now. This is a complaint to God. How many of us can relate to that? When you come to God and what you bring him is not a praise and a worship, but the first thing that comes out of your mouth is a complaint. God, why did this happen? God, why am I going through this? David is complaining to God. And then in verse 5, he calls God something pretty special. In fact, if you go down to verse 5, 
It says, I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my what? Y'all read that with me? You are my refuge. My portion in the land of living. You are my refuge. He uses the same word here back in Psalm 62, verse 8. Um, if you remember, he says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Just pour out your heart. Cry out from the depths of your soul. Because why? Because God is our refuge. So many of you need to hear that here today. Maybe you're watching online or wherever you're, you're right here in the room today. You need to hear that God is a refuge. Now the word refuge, David uses here, is that it actually has some personal relevance to him. In fact, at the time of David, there were six Levitical cities that were all part of this kind of a, like a network of cities that were refuge cities. So if you murdered someone, if you were in trouble with the law, if there was something in your life that, 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 that someone was after you, maybe you were being chased by someone, you could go to one of these cities and have safe refuge. It was a safe place for you to go. I can remember as a kid having this, this, this safe place. I remember as a kid, um, you know, I didn't grow up in a bad home, per se. I wasn't like a, you know, in a really abusive home, but there were times that I would get scared, like when mom would get the chancla, you know, and I would get scared. And so I would run. And my place of refuge was my bed. Of all places, I would go to my bed, I would get my blanket, I would cover my head, I was in my safe place. I would go in my bed, I'd jump in there, I'd cover my head, I'd grab my stuffed animal tiger, who was named Tiger because he was a stuffed tiger, and I would hold him tight, and I would just sit there all night long, and I would just hold him. Don't judge me for my safe place. I know many of you probably had a weird-looking stuffed animal like that too, but that was my safe refuge. Many of you, maybe you, you had like a certain hiding spot in the, in the closet or up in the attic that you would run to. Maybe it was just a certain part of the house that you would find peace and love at. Okay, as we got older, <coughs> many of our safe places became safe people. Okay, I know for me, a, a place of peace that I feel safe at is whenever I am holding my kids and Sarah. Whenever I am having a bad day, whether we're at work and we had an emergency, or we're just a really crappy day at work, or whether I'm stressed out because um, something at church is going on, if, uh, uh, I'm, I'm burdened by the stress of providing for my family, and whenever I'm strained and stressed and scared, the place that I find rest and refuge is in the arms of holding my, my wife or my kids. I feel safe there. But not only that, but whenever I feel like I am just scared. Whenever Sarah holds me, I feel like I am being cared for and loved for. There are so many times where I am burdened and stressed and just heavy laden with the, the, the strain of running a church or running a family and providing for the family, and I'm stressed out and I'm freaking out and I'm starting to talk fast, and she will come up to me, wrap her arms around my neck, look me in the eyes and say, baby, we got this. God's got this. We're going to be okay. I feel safe in the arms of my best friend. Many of you have someone like that. Someone that you can run to, you feel safe in, but you know that wherever you, you, you're scared, you go to that person. That's the same way that we should be running to God because God is our what? He's our refuge. Call out to him. 
pour out your heart to God. He's a safe place. He is our refuge. I see this, the same mentality, the same safe place in, in our kids, too. Whenever they're scared, they'll, 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 they'll find me in the house, and they'll run up to me, scout over, dad, 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 uh, brother's you know, scaring me. You know, Zach's going through this whole Five Nights and Freddy uh, concept thing where he's got this mask of a chicken, and he'll, like, stage himself in different rooms, and he'll scare the crap out of Skylar, and she'll run over uh, around the house, and she'll be like, Dad, it's Chica. I'm like, what's Chica, you know? And so they come to me, and they, they, they run to me because they're scared. Look, and it makes me feel so good to feel needed by them, doesn't it not? When your kids run up to you, Dad, can you help me? Mom, I'm so scared. Or whenever that certain someone who finds you as a safe place runs to you, it feels good to feel loved and needed by them, right? In the same way, I will just submit to you that God, our Father, feels the same way when we need Him. When we run to Him, I, I assure you that God feels loved by us when we run to Him. So many times I wonder if God is up in heaven looking at us, struggling with our life and saying, if you would just come to me, I got this. If you would just find me as a refuge, I got this. But besides going to him, we, we'd rather find our own way to do things. Okay, I'm struggling financially, so let me just work a lot more overtime and try to outdo myself and, and put myself into an early grave because I'm so financially stressed. And God's like, you would just come to me and pray to me and, and, and give me your first portion. I would take care of the rest of your budget. God, I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm sick and I, I need to try to, to, to do all these certain things to get better. And God, if you would just come to me, I will take care of these things for you. Go to him. He, he loves to be needed. What I want us to do today is give you a chance, again, to go to God. To need God. I want you to understand that we need him here today. Give you a chance to cry out in the act of worship to him today. But before we do that, before Jorge comes up here and starts playing and we, the band comes up, and before all that, I want to give you uh, a couple of things to remember as you're pouring your heart out to God. A few things to know as you're pouring your heart out to God to think about to help you get to that point where you understand that you're, that you're now pouring everything out to Him. So a couple of things to remember. If you're taking notes, I hope you write this down. The first thing to remember, as you pour out your heart to God, I want to encourage you to remember God's faithfulness in the past. Write that down. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember what he has done for you as you cry out to him and say, God, I am coming to you with this complaint. I am in this time of need. I'm going to just, I'm complaining. I have a hard time. My life is not right right now. I want you to remember the good things he has done for you in the past. In fact, let's all look at Psalm 42 here for just a moment. We don't know who wrote Psalm 42, but more likely it was either David or his son. Either way, whoever wrote the psalm was in a really low, depressed part of their life. And in Psalm 42, starting in verse 3, the, the psalmist says this. It says, my tears have been my food day and night. Now, how many of you can relate to that? That my tears are my food. That you're in such a place that you're so depressed and that you're so emotionally distraught that the only thing that you've eaten or gotten for the day are your tears. I've been that way. You're so emotionally drained and, and you're, you're down that you don't even want to eat. That the only thing that is going through your mind is what has just happened to you, how bad you've been hurt, and your tears have literally been the only thing you've 
eaten or tasted for days. How many of you guys have been there? I've been there. Let me just be honest with you right now. Then he goes on to say this. <coughs> Excuse me. That was a lot of bass in that cough. It says, while they say to me all the time, where is your God? In other words, you're suffering and you're going through all these things, but you serve God, so where is your God? The psalmist is saying, all night long and all night long, my tears are my only food. I'm just going through a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort. My life sucks. And the one thing that people tell me is, where is your God? <coughs> where is your God? And then in verse 4, it's where I really want to tune in. He says this. He says, these things... I remember as I pour out my soul. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. As I pour out my heart to you, I remember. As I give you all that I am, I start to remember what you have done. As I offer up Christ to you, I remember what you have done. What does he remember? (coughs) Keep reading here. It says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go to to the throne and I would lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise and the multitude of keeping the festival. He's saying, I remember that, that the, 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 you know, I remember that when I was in a good part of my life, I would go to church and I would sing praises to God. I remember, many of you guys remember when you first started coming to church and the spark of God's spirit in you was going and you were excited about church and you were, you were, you were praising God and you were singing shouts of praise to God. Everything was good and then something bad happened and then church doesn't seem as bright as it used to be. Like, that's what he's saying. I remember going to church and singing shouts of praise to God and leading the, the worship. I remember doing all of this. You kind of hear him start to switch gears here, and he starts to actually kind of preach to himself here in verse 5. In verse 5, he says, then he starts talking to himself, he says, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? He starts talking to himself, so why are you so downcast? What is wrong with you? He says, why are you in turmoil within me? So what is wrong with you? Why are you messed up right now? Hope in God, for I shall again Praise him, my salvation and my God. He's saying, I don't know why you're so messed up. What you need to be doing right now is hoping in God and praising him for what he has done in your life. He says, remember all that God has done in the past. Remember the fact that you were once on fire for Jesus. And when you start to feel down and low, pick yourself back up, preach that word back into your heart and remember what he has done and start to praise God. (coughs) If you don't do this for yourself, you should. <coughs> Preach the word to yourself. Bring yourself back to reality. And praise God. As you do, remember the faithfulness of what God has done in your life. And the fact that he has never left you in need. Even in the darkest parts of your life, he was still there. Remember that when you start to go through these valleys. In fact, the Old Testament, there was another Amazing story of Jeremiah in Lamentations 3. You can start turning there. We're going to read some of that. Um, you want to see a guy who's had a bad month? Look at Jeremiah. In fact, for the first, like, 19 verses, he just, he's just talking about how crappy his life is. And so um, he just lays it out there. He's like, the pain, the anguish, the complaints. He's just like, God, this sucks. Why would you bring me to this point in my life? Um, in fact, Jeremiah was known as the lamenting um, uh, prophet because he was always in a bad 
time. He was always in a bad day. In fact, he was one of the only prophets that failed, failed in a lot of the things that God asked him to do. He was just always depressed. And so, and so uh, listen, if, if, if you have permission to go to God and complain, church, I want you to know that. It's okay. You can go to God and complain about your life. You're like, well, I don't, I don't feel like that. that's right. No, no, God knows your struggles. You're not going to freak him out and make him feel weird. You say, God, I am struggling with this. He wants you to need him. You can cry out to God and say, God, financially, I'm a wreck. You can say, financially, I'm a wreck. I don't know what I'm going to do. You cry out to God on behalf of your children. God, I don't, I don't know why they keep doing the things they're doing. God, just protect my children. God, just cry out to him. Some of you people might think it's disrespectful, but it's not. Here in verse 19, um, Jeremiah is complaining to God. He's crying out and, and complaining to God. He says here, remember my affliction and my wanderings and the warm word and of the gall. He says, my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. See, in verse 21, and he starts to say this truth. He says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. In the middle of his desperate cry from the depths of his soul, he remembers the goodness of God, and he has hope. Why do we have hope? Because God is good. Because God is love. We have hope because he has proved it to us in the past. Whatever you're going through right now does not mean that what you're going to go through tomorrow is not going to be different. It could be totally different. You have hope because God is love. Um, Verse 22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. And they, uh, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It says, I remember the greatness of your faithfulness, O Lord. Some of you need to think back to when he brought you out of something. Some of you need to remember that today, that you might be feeling bad or down or depressed about something. You need to remember that God has brought you through different things. And the fact that you're even here today tells me that he's already brought you through something before in your life. You wouldn't be in the room today if God hadn't moved in your life to even get you into the room today. So he has already, with that alone, brought you a victory into your life. The fact that you have breath in your lungs is proof that God is loving you enough to allow you to take breath into your lungs. We have great victory in that. We have got to remember back to a time where God, maybe he forgave you for something. (coughs) Something awful you had done. Whenever we first come to Christ, we know that God has forgiven our sins and we have been washed away clean by the blood of Jesus and we have got to remember that. When times go bad, we remember how good he has been to forgive us when we are warrant of death. Then we started thinking about the time that maybe, maybe that was that one prayer. Maybe there was just a one prayer that, that, that you had said one time that it actually came true, right? Like you're like, I remember so many times I would pray and nothing would happen. The one time I prayed, I remember one time there was a guy at church uh, at the old campus and uh, <coughs> he came up, he said, uh, Mijo, he's an older guy. He says, I just got the word. I got cancer. And so literally me and his son laid hands on him. We prayed for him. God healed the cancer. Three months later, it was gone. And you're like, well, that doesn't happen in Baptist Rome. Well, you know what? Oh, well, it did happen. And cancer was gone. He's fine here today. I remember about those times. Remember about the times that God answered prayer in your life. Remember about the time when you were hurting and you felt so alone. And God answered that that, that, that need to feel loved and comforted by sending people from the church around you to support you. 
Right now, there are people who have not been to church in many, many weeks. How many of y'all have reached out to them? That's where we come in and we answer the prayer from someone and say, hey, I am hurting, I'm alone, I wish someone would reach out to me. That is our duty to do that, to reach out, to answer those prayers. Remember when God answered the prayer when you first came to church and you heard that one message, that one message that the crazy spiky-haired Mexican pastor preached to you, and you were like, this message is for me. He had to have known. How did he know that I was going through this? I didn't say anything to anyone. It wasn't me. It was God speaking through me. <coughs> There's so, so many stories like that. I remember praying whenever, uh, I remember when Skylar was in the hospital, when she was first born. She was in the hospital nine days after she was born, and we were praying. I remember we lived in Carolina, and we were driving home one day, and, and I was telling Sarah, we'll get clothes and stuff. And I was like, why is this happening? Why? And we started praying and we started worshiping on the road. I remember we were listening to a song, you know, and, and, and there was a lyric in the song. It says, so let the oceans cover me, let the mountains fall, for I know my Savior walks with me and he will lead me through it all. I can't believe I remembered that, but it was so powerful at the time. And I just remember thinking, God, you're answering this prayer. You're pulling me through this. One, by comforting me to let me know that you are there with me in this time of my need. You're not leaving me alone, and you're going to lead me through it all. And she was fine the next couple of days. We took her home, and, you know, you see her all the time. She's running around. She's fine. There are moments in our lives where we remember what God has done for us. I remember when we planted the church, and I was thinking, God, how are we going to provide for this church? How are you going to get this going? I remember buying a $400 PA system to, to get sound going. I was like, how are we going to get this? And I got overtime at work, and we would, every time we got overtime at Valero, I was like, okay, we can use this money to buy stuff for the church. And we would go, and we would support and grow and grow and grow. And I said, God, how are you going to move us out of our living room into someplace else? And God said, listen, there was a hotel right now. If you go to that hotel, just ask me if we can meet there. And we went, we met there, and then they were like, we're going to charge you like half of like half of what we normally charge people. So we started meeting the hotel, and we started growing and growing and growing. After a while, I was like, God, we need another place to go. We have no money. We have hardly anyone here, but we have to grow. We have to gather here. And God said there was a church called Lexington Baptist Church that they're going to, to come to you. When they ask you if you need some help in anything, you say, I need a place to come. And when you say that, they will say, okay, we'll let you wait in our building. And God provided a way for us to meet at Lexington Baptist Church. And praise God, they were a great home for us for so many years. And then we started to outgrow that. We were at two services. We were cramped. We were getting really, really tired of setting up and tearing out. And then one day God said, listen, there's a church that's going through some trouble. They need help. And I really think this is going to work out. But you got to pray about you got to fast about it. You got to do this. So we did. We met with Matt and Kelly, and we started talking to Wayne and, and Tammy. We started building things up, and God said, this is the path that I want you guys to take. It is not easy. It is not going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. It's going to be tough. It's going to you have struggles. But listen, if you stick to it, if you praise me through the storms, if you push through this time, I promise you great things will happen. And so we said, okay, what do you guys say to that? And so we did it, and here we are today. I tell you right now, right now, as we speak, we are just hurting financially. And, but what does God keep telling us right now? God says, if you stick to it, if you put me first, if you keep praising me through the storm, remember, don't think about what's to come. Think about what I have done and think about what I will do in the future if you continue to put me 
first and praise me. You need to remember in times of need, in times of drought, in times where you don't feel like your legs can take you through the next part of your life, that God has already brought you through so much that you could not do on your own, and you need to go further. You have got to pour your heart out to God and say, I need you because I cannot do this. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, people. He has done so much good. How stupid are we to think and doubt him? He has done so much good. Cry out to him. Let, let your worship just, just be a, a, a calling, a praise, a cry to him. Remember the faithfulness of God from the past. That's the first thing. As you pour out your hearts, remember God's faithfulness in the past. And the second thing is this. As you pour out your heart to God, trust in God's power for your future. Trust in his power for your future. The psalmist in Psalm 102 was at the lowest part of his life again. I mean, the lowest part you can imagine. And he says this, he starts to describe how, how crappy his life is at the moment. Psalm 102, he says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide from you do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear into me, answer me speedily in the day when I call. He says, God, please, I'm begging you, listen to me, hear me, lean into me, receive my, my prayer. And he says, For the days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread, which I would never do, by the way, because my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl in the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. Then here in verse 7, some of you can relate to this. He says, I lie awake like a lonely sparrow, in the housetop, okay? He says, and all the day my enemies taunt me. Those who, de who derailed me uh, used my name for a curse. He says, there are four words in the next couple, uh, the next verse here that change everything, though. You might relate to this guy. You might be like, I feel like that. I feel alone sometimes. Like, I feel like my life is under constant duress. I feel like my life is not good. It's not going the way it should. God never helps me out because it never works out in my favor. You might feel like that. And you might feel like I can never get a foot up. And every time I try to get up, I get knocked down by something else. Whenever I try to save money, boom, the washer goes out. Whenever I try to, to do good in my life, boom, here comes my past creeping up behind me. Whenever I try to, to do something better, something bad knocks me down. And you might feel like that. But here, in the next verse, there's four words that change everything about this. Four words that, that change everything. Four words that you need to hear today. There are four words, and you hear nothing in the sermon. That these four words, you need to just remember and write them down unto your heart and know that whenever you start to feel stressed out and, and messed up and, and life is hard, that these four words need to come after that. It says this, in, uh, at the verse 8, it says, um, that the, the enemies taught me and all that. It says, uh, you know, my life is falling apart. I don't understand all of this. I cry out to you, God, from the depths of my soul. My enemies taught me. In verse 12, it says, but you, O Lord, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You're remembered throughout all generations. 
And as you, as you remember this, as you think about God, you know that He is enthroned forever. Jorge's going to start to come up here right now. He's going to start to play as I start to close this out. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about it. You say, I don't understand why this happens. I don't understand why. I don't have the ability or the power to continue my life the way it's going. It's, it's just not going good right now. I feel alone. Maybe you say, I feel alone, but, but God, you're faithful in this, in, in this part of my life. I don't know what, what to do, but, but verse 12 says, but Lord, but oh Lord, you are enthroned forever. Verse 12 says, I don't know what to do, but God, you are enthroned forever. It means God, you are in charge. Who can stand against me? Lord, you are in charge. Everything. God, I don't know what's going to happen. My life is messed up. I don't feel right. But God, the one thing I do know is that you are never moving. You're always there on the throne forever. <coughs> Some of you right now, you need to know that. You need to know that right now your life might not be exactly where you want it to be. But God is in the throne forever. You need to know that, that you might feel lost at times but God is enthroned forever you might be shaking you might feel lost maybe you made some mistakes in 2016 but God is enthroned forever see some of you all about to have a God moment right now you feel it in your heart you feel it shaking up right now inside you don't not don't push that away embrace it you need to know that God is enthroned forever You need to cry out today. You need to pour out your heart and worship to Him. You need to lay aside all the sins in your life that you've done. You need to pray, God, God, forgive me. Accept me for who I am. I don't know what you've done in your life. I don't know what kind of the kind of messed up past you might have. I don't care what kind of crazy present you have. I don't care if you sinned last night or five minutes before you walked through the door. God says, I am enthroned forever. That means I am king. I reign this land. This is mine. You are my child. And I love you. I am enthroned forever. It's what God says. You're going to complain to him today. I want you to come to him with some complaints today in this room. Say, God, it did not work out the way I thought it was going to work out. My marriage is a wreck. My finances are drained. Everything is messed up. This Christmas season is going to suck. I need you so bad, Lord. You're going to complain to him from the depths of your soul today, from the pit of your pain. You need to cry out to God, but keep crying out to him because at some point you need to push through the pain and into the point of praise of your life because there is a point where you keep complaining and you keep saying, God, I am in so much pain and there is nothing left to give of your pain except praise for the God who will bring you through that pain. You've got to push through the pain to the point of praise in your life. So we got, I don't understand it. Phoenix, I don't, I, I, I just, I, I, I'm so hurt. Everything always goes wrong. Shut up and praise God because he is enthroned forever. And no matter what you go through, no matter how messed up your life is, he still reigns as Lord and King of your life. And if he is still Lord and King of your life, you can trust that no matter what happens, you will be in the arms of an almighty God, almighty Savior. And he loves you through that. This Christmas season when you worship Jesus, don't look at a child. Look at your king. Worship him. Push through the pain to the point of praise. Say, God, I don't understand. 
God, I don't like it. I don't like what this is going on. I don't get it. God, would you just be with me right now? I want you guys to welcome God into your hearts today. Welcome God into this moment in your life right now. Welcome God and say, God, be with me right now as I'm, as I'm praising you, as I need you. I need you now, Lord. questions in our mind, we have to remind ourselves of what God says. We have to preach that word to ourselves. God says, says, I have a plan for you to bless you, to prosper you. I have a plan for you to not to harm you, but to give you a hope in the future. God says, I know that that you don't feel like things are working out good, but God says, I am working all things for the good of those who are called according to my purpose. You've got to preach that word into your heart every day. You got to preach it to yourselves. You got to know what to preach. You got to bring it to your heart. You got to say, God, I, 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 I remember what your word says. Some of you, you feel lost and you feel like the pain is the worst you've never, ever felt in your life. You got to remember that God has brought you through things in the past. You got to remember that God has been there for you in the past. The worst imaginable thing that can ever happen to you has probably happened already. If that has happened, you got to remember that God can pull you through that. You got to remember that God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Some of you are financially are just in a wreck. And you got to preach that word to yourself. I mean, one guy, you're on my throne, and everything I have is yours, Lord. And if, if, you, if you want me not to have it, then that is, that is your choice. If you want me to have that, is your choice. But you need to know that God says that he never wants his children to go hungry. You need to remember that. You may have medical issues. You need to know that your God is your hero, your, your healer. He is a Jehovah Jireh. He provides for all your needs. He's Jehovah Rapha. He heals. You got to know that. You got to preach that to yourself. You got to get past that point of pain and into the point of praise. At some point, you need to plead and cry out and pour out your heart to him. And when you do that in the middle of your crisis, you will realize who you're talking to how much he cares about you. Scripture tells us in Psalms that he is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. I love that scripture. It's the one I give to everyone who is hurting. You need to write that in the heart. Say, God, I know that you rescue those who are crushed in spirit. You're close to me when I'm brokenhearted. You need to know God is there. Church, I want us to fall on our knees and be crushed don't allow your discomfort in this moment to rob you of feeling the connection between you and your Savior is in this moment today. Remember that you're not the first one to push through pain to the point of praise. Remember that, that Jesus hung on the cross for you. That as he hung on the cross in excruciating pain, For hours and hours, he was pushing through there. And even on the cross, even on the cross, our Savior, our God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, even he complained to his dad. He said, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Many of you need to say it today, Lord, why have you forsaken me? And then surrender your spirit to God and say, Lord, it is yours. This is your will. Your will be done. And you know what would happen to Jesus? He came back three days later. He kicked death in the the face and he won victory for all of us. 
you need to know that when you surrender to God, when you push through the pain, you will end up in praise one day. And if Jesus Christ can do it, so can you. Imagine what God can do in your life if you simply lay down all of your strongholds and forgive yourself and allow him to forgive you and move past the point of pain into praise. Say, God, God, why have you forsaken me? Then say, God, God, you will pull me through this. You have got to get to that point. I'm going to be praying for us right now. Jorge is going to sing a song. The band might come up and play. I'm going to ask you in just a second, I'm going to ask GP to come up here. Giancarlo has been with us for years. He's one of my brothers in Christ. He's a guy that I feel has seen a lot. We've gone through a lot together, man. And uh, he ain't perfect, and I ain't perfect. And I don't want you to come here and think we're perfect. I want us to pray for each other. If you need prayer today, don't you dare walk out this door without getting it from one of us and being together as a church. If you need to just stay where you're at and just fall on your knees right there on your at and then just pour out your heart. If you need to cry on your chair, if you need to do whatever you need to do, you need to do that. Do that. But what we're going to do, we're going to gather together and we're going to sing out hallelujah. We're going to sing out a praise, a shout of praise to God. Our hearts are going to pour out. We're going to scream it and tell it from the mountain that you are God. And I want us to push the point of pain and into the point of praise today. So let's all stand up as we start begin to pray. We're all standing up. Uh, we're going to be. I want us to just be reflecting on what God has done in the past for you. If you're struggling with something, God, I don't understand. Why do you love me? Why can't I get past this barrier, Lord? Maybe you, maybe you're here today and you've never really accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, that could be the day. Maybe you need us to surrender to Him and say, Lord, I am broken. I don't know why. I don't understand it, but I have seen you work and I'm trusting you to work in the future for me. Maybe you got to come to him today and just say, Lord, I messed up. I don't understand it. Can you just, can you just comfort me today? You need to feel the embrace of God today. Pour out your heart to him. Remember how he has pulled you through stuff in the past and trust his power for the future. Church, may today you push through that pain. May you lay out tears. May you lay out cries here today. When you get to the point of praise for our Savior, our God, let us sing out hallelujah. You're all poor. You're all powerless here today. And we sing praises to you. Amen. If you feel you need to come up and pray, you can come up at any time you want.